gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Everyone, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is going to be a fun one. This is episode 326. It's a return guest, and it's about a new movie in the DC universe. It's a new animated film called Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. First of all, before we get into that, I just want to thank all the people who continued to thank me for the promo that we put together about the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Uh, it's going to be in this podcast, and it's going to be in every podcast for ongoing. I, I, you know, We might tweak it. We might improve it. Uh, going forward, uh, we have meetings scheduled for later this month. I'm so excited to meet with them again, uh, plan more things. It's going to be what is known in podcasting as a mid-roll. So it's going to come up in the middle of the podcast. The message is very clear. And I thought the words from Maggie Goldberg uh, about the foundation were very, very poignant. I listened back to it and I, I heard it again and it just gives me uh, chills. I also want to send a special shout out to a guy that I work with uh, named Shelly Palmer. Uh, he and I do another show called TechStream. And he was the guy, he's a tech expert, and uh, he actually taught me the AI process to extract Christopher Reeve's voice from this video that we had gotten from the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And that was really neat, too, uh, to be able to extract that audio of him. And it gives you goosebumps just hearing his voice again. Also want to welcome in a new sponsor to the podcast, HelloFresh. Uh, I've been watching the HelloFresh commercials, and I only hope this one is as good as the ones I see on television. Batman The Doom That Came to Gotham was a comic book miniseries, and when the film was announced, it was very, very obvious that they kept calling it Elseworlds. But that was coinciding with the announcements from James Gunn and Peter Safran, because they were saying that other DC movies that existed are all in Elseworlds. There's a multiverse. So everything is technically Elseworlds. You know, Arrowverse is an Elseworld. Uh, the, the Zack Snyderverse is an Elseworld. Everything's an Elseworld. But uh, when I was reading comics um, years ago, there were books that were specifically Elseworlds. This book came out originally in 2000 to January 2001. I was living in Seattle at the time when it came out. I remember that. I remember getting the original series. I never got the paperback, the trade paperback. In 2015, the story was released as a book, and most of my collection is in trade paperback form. It takes place in the 1920s, and without doing a spoiler episode, we're not going to do the spoiler episode. The film was just released. Batman is in Gotham. 
they fight against these mystical and supernatural forces uh, that are taking Gotham by storm. And our guest today uh, on the podcast uh, reprises the role of Bruce Wayne in Batman. It's David Gentoli. David was Batman once before. In 2021, he came on the podcast along with the rest of the cast for Batman's Soul of the Dragon, which took place in the 1970s, which again counts as an Elseworlds. David Gentoli came on the podcast along with Mark Dacascos, Kelly Hugh, and also Michael Jai White. We did short interviews with all four of them, and we put one podcast together based on Soul of the Dragon. But today, we have David all to ourselves. You know him from Grimm. You know him from his current series, A Million Little Things. And one thing we talked about uh, the last time he was on the show, uh, he's married to Lois Lane, uh, Bitsy Tulloch from Superman and Lois. Let's welcome into the podcast, David Gentoli. First of all, David, thanks so much for doing this again. You're Batman again. Uh, the first time I remember you said you were floored to get the gig. What was the second phone call like? <laughs> like, like, did you, are you sure they had the right number? Like, what was it? What was that like? I said, fool them once. <laughs> Joke's on me. What is it? What is the whole thing? What did George Bush botch? Uh, no, uh, fortunate life. The gods have smiled upon me. People make mistakes. I got hired again. I don't question it. Never, never question these things. Just say yes. Go figure it out later. Show up, show up and, yeah. and do do the gig. Um, what was the reaction that you got uh, from Solo the Dragon? You know, now years have passed since it, um, you know, social media exists. Um, what was the feedback that you saw and what was the feedback you got, A, from Warner Brothers, but B, from fans? Warner Brothers gave me zero feedback. And thank, thank God for that. That's nice. They're like, yeah, it's in the can. What are we going to do? We shouldn't hire him again. Oops, we just did. Um, people love the movie. I mean, it's great. You are sort of along for the ride. the The whole thing is on the page. We are such a small part of the package, and we get a lot of the credit for it. But the credit goes to the team behind the whole thing, the voices you don't hear. Uh, all of the people who bring it to the screen, the writers, the directors. I've gotten to work with Sam Liu. Wes Gleason now twice. They're incredible guys. I, they should be horrible, horrible people because they're so talented. And that's usually kind of how it goes. You're like, oh, I can be an asshole now. Mm-hmm. And they've they've chosen to remain very cool. And uh, more power to them. Um, Soul of the Dragon was so such a departure. This is an even bigger departure from what it seems. Yeah. I haven't seen it it's yet. It's a double departure. It's a double departure. Uh, to, you know, without spoiling it, because you know we're we're gonna do a spoiler-filled podcast, but uh, you know this is it, it takes place in a different time. It's a whole different yes. Batman. There's a yes. whole thing. What do people need to know going in? So apparently, uh, there's a Lovecraft-eskian thing happening here in this movie. Uh, it's another world. It takes place in I want to give it the 1920s. Uh find Bruce Wayne returning to Gotham after a couple of decades just going around the world literally finding himself this is like his collegiate post post collegiate tour uh, he's finding himself 
He's it, it, wait, it's not really years, in the 1920s. That means he was traveling around at the turn of the century. Don't make me do. Don't make me do okay. math here. All right, on your podcast. I just want to make sure people, I understand. The good okay. people of the world do not deserve. Listen, no. Your, I would, I would your your so. wife ripped me on Twitter for spelling somebody's name wrong. So I just want to understand. I can go math. My wife graduated from Harvard. <laughs> I can barely put my shoes on. That is the truth. Uh, is this the right way? Is this how they go on, honey? We switch them. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we'll take it to the turn of last century. Uh, we, we meet Bruce Wayne. He, again, so he's just come back to Gotham. He has gone around the world. I want to say 20 years, yes. Mm-hmm. We'll just say it's 20 years, and we'll create that fact here now. Okay. He's been acquiring the skills that he will need when he eventually assumes the guise of Batman, which happens for the first time in his life in this movie. Okay. So it's so cool to get to carry the ball during that period of time. And no doubt I botched it, but the writing was so good and all the other actors are so good. Your confidence exudes yourself on this show. I got to tell you. (laughs) Uh, I toy with confidence. It's a thing I toy with. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll have it in this statement. Maybe I won't have it in that one. So uh, it's a whole other thing. And and we encounter the phantasms, spirits, magic, things that Bruce Wayne normally does not believe in, but he is forced to because they exist in this world. Does that make any sense? This portion of the Hall of Justice is presented by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. All right, I have a confession to make. I am also a fan of HelloFresh, so much so that when we cut the cord in 2017 and started using streaming services... I get a HelloFresh commercial all the time because they know I'm a client. And now that this commercial is going to be on this podcast, I just hope it's as good as all the commercials I've seen on television. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. And no worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen. I give myself a B, maybe a B plus. HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned and easy to prepare in just a few steps. They're actually easier than another service we used to use. Those meals took a while. Go to HelloFresh.com slash H-O-J-50. That's H-O-J-50. That's for Hall of Justice, H-O-J-5-0 for 50% off. Plus, your first box ships free. HelloFresh.com slash H-O-J-50. Use code HOJ50 for 50% off. Your first box ships free. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and it's the number one meal kit in my house. Now, was that better than the television commercial? The cast list, I mean, there's there's an Oliver Queen in this. There's a James yeah. Gordon in this. Yeah. Harvey Dent. Uh, but there's also a Dick Grayson. Uh, yeah. th- there's a Rachel Ghoul and Italia, but there's also yeah. a Martha and Thomas Wayne and a Jason Blood. Th- there's it's a like 
There's a it's whole like cornucopia here. It's like in wrestling when I would watch wrestling as a kid. It's like it's usually just one on one, and then like there's a Royal Rumble. Like people, I'm like, I didn't even know they knew each other, and they're all in there, and they're all doing it. it's it's fun. It's the it's it's. I mean, it's a very fun uh, flexing of the muscles, and and the worlds were created, and it, you know, it's it's enjoying that world. Can I go on a quick tangent? You brought up wrestling, and I heard yeah, something this it. week about Talk wrestling. You know how gambling in America is is legal. You know, in some in, yeah, sport, in many sports sports gambling has been made legal. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that they're talking? The WWE is talking about uh, making odds on WWE match matches, and <sighs> I, I I read the story, and I I just wanted to shout and go. They know it's fake, right? That would have that's like a double suspension of disbelief. How corrupt? If, how fast would someone get paid off to find out I mean, who's you, supposed to win? I've been a human now for a while, and I know what human nature is. So you would think immediately right. someone exactly. is corrupting this. <laughs> Anyhow, maybe it yeah, I don't know. Listen. They're doing something right over there. And one of the things they do right is making hand over fist money. So good on them. I, I look wrestling. I, I give wrestling a lot of credit because they were one of the sports that survived during COVID. They did an amazing job just making yeah. these like made for TV products that, you know, when all the sports were shut down, they did yep. a great job. But yep. I, somebody said, Oh, well, they're going to make a lot of money on gambling. And I said, gambling on a fake sport. That's, that's like saying, a okay, narrative pre-written sport. <laughs> That would be scary as hell. And I know that's a completely random tangent, but oh my God, that floored me. And anybody who watches wrestling, I'd love to know, would you bet on wrestling? I I just, that's. There would need to be some, there would need to be some controls. There'd be, need to be some controls in that, you know, making sure. People often ask me, how do I keep motivated? And uh, how do I keep my spirits up? Well, things are, are moving forward instead of backwards. I think every neuroscientist in the world, if you lined them all up and ask them the same question, can the spinal cord be repaired? They'd say yes. That is the voice of Christopher Reeve. Whether this is your first time ever hearing the Hall of Justice or you've listened to over 300 of the episodes that we've put together since this podcast was created in 2015, the superhero genre owes a great deal to the role Christopher Reed played as Superman. Partnering with the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is an honor for the Hall of Justice podcast. In 1995... The accomplished actor was paralyzed after being thrown from a horse during an equestrian competition. After his accident, he lobbied for spinal injury research, and that led the man who once played Superman to the foundation that bears his name. Here's the origin story from the foundation's CEO, Maggie Goldberg. So when Christopher Reeve was injured in 1995, he was looking at all of the other organizations in the country and really around the world. Um, And there weren't that many that were 
searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury. And what he loved about our organization at the time, which was the American Paralysis Association, is that we were funding research. We, we, our mission and sort of theme was considered a laboratory without walls. We wanted to fund the best research no matter where it was in the world. And one of the other parts of the mission was bringing researchers together and to share information, which wasn't really something that was done at the time. Researchers you know, can be very competitive. They hold their information close to the best. So I think that's what really drew him um, most to this organization. The Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation is dedicated to curing spinal cord injury by advancing innovative research and improving the quality of life for individuals and families impacted by paralysis. We are on the cusp of a new era in spinal cord injury where real cures are within reach. The Reeve Foundation serves as a catalyst at this critical moment uniting academics, scientists, and industry in a new model of collaboration. The Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation is really the only national paralysis foundation focused on a dual mission, today's care, tomorrow's cure. We are searching for cures and treatments for spinal cord injury, paralysis caused by spinal cord injury, but we also provide services and programs for people impacted by all types of mobility impairments. So when you think about paralysis, it's not just spinal cord injury, it's stroke, ALS, MS, um, in addition to spinal cord injury. And we're here to really help people navigate their journey through paralysis, whether or not they were diagnosed or impacted from you know, yesterday, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. This partnership is not the only tie Christopher Reeve has had with this podcast even though it was created 11 years after his passing in 2004. In the 1970s at Juilliard, Christopher Reeve was good friends with Kevin Conroy. Little did they know then that while Christopher Reeve would be the embodiment of Superman, Kevin Conroy would be known as the voice of Batman. And Kevin was kind enough to come on this podcast during his illustrious career five times. Tragically, Dana Reeve passed away in 2006, and the foundation was renamed the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. I asked CEO Maggie Goldberg how listeners of the Hall of Justice podcast can participate and help the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. There are many ways to get involved. The easiest is to go to our website at ChristopherReeve.org. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle is at Reeve Foundation. Um, there, you could become an advocate. You can run a marathon and join Team Reeve. You can become a fundraiser. You can help us spread the word. You can become a volunteer. All of that is outlined at ChristopherReeve.org, and we invite you to become part of our family. In the weeks and months to come, we are going to organize some walks and some activities that can raise money for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. But for now, if you are hearing this for the first time, the fifth time, or the tenth time, go to ChristopherReeve.org, get the newsletter, and find resources in your area. I'd like to think that if we had this podcast in the time that Christopher Reeve was alive, he'd want to be a part of it. He'd want to be a part of the show, and he'd want us to spread the word about this foundation. Thanks to you, the listeners, we are going to do that. I think in order to accomplish something, somebody has to go out there and put out a vision that makes it seem more real, more tangible.
since Soul of the Dragon, uh, Warner Brothers has come out with, I believe it's seven uh, animated features. And, you know, with all the tumult, I, I just want to call it tumult, that's going on with the live action with new things and old things and yeah. all these different yeah. things. That This is a factory that is churning out these masterpieces every two or three months. There's something new. What does it say about this? this group you know you mentioned some of them uh jim krieg and, and and all the folks that are that are that are putting the churning these things out uh they're all very different they're all you know some are better than others there's no secret about that but they're constantly in cons- let me rephrase that they're consistently coming out and you know every every time you turn around if one's not your cup of tea there's a new one coming two months later sure well, it turns out if you build an ecosystem, a rich, vibrant world for the last, we'll call it a hundred years, the benefits of that are, <laughs> I suppose, uh, a lot of different ways to tell the story and a lot of different mediums through which the story can be told. It seems that there is a lot more, and I have no idea the business side of this, outside of the fact that my wife is on a DC show and I sort of know the business side of this, but it seems like um, there is a different freedom giving given to the animated side. I don't know if that's true, but I certainly think that it suggests just the, the, um, the amount of product and the quality of product. It suggests that there is a, more room just to uh tell the story and it's not getting in the way of other stories getting told and i think it's just we're all benefiting from that well the best uh you know we talked to todd helbing on this podcast uh the showrunner for superman just um just had dinner with him last night lovely guy oh look at this name dropping yeah um I mean, you dropped the name. I, I know, the relationship. I, I, but I, I thought I was going to get the cool points, but you, you beat me right there. Oh, come on, listen, listen. Instantly, just knocked right oh. back down a peg. Anyway, yeah. uh, one of the things that he uh, had said on the podcast was that, you know, they had to change the whole continuity of that show because of COVID. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, like the whole thing was supposed to include the Flash and Arrow and, 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 and all of them, and they changed all of it because they couldn't do it when they started filming that show, COVID was still oh. really much a prevalent thing. Well, in animation, I mean, unless it's Family Guy, COVID hasn't really you know, been part of the plot. That's a really good point. And don't try to one-up me here in front of these wonderful listeners. Yeah, I, I Now you come in here with these facts that I didn't know, trying to look cooler tonight. How dare you, sir? Um, but that is a really good point. Um, I couldn't smell the breath of another actor. In that small room, which was, I got to say, a pleasant thing. But uh, we do it alone in a tiny little room. And uh, and that has its own challenges. But boy, was that set up for for success in our weird little COVID times that we live in. That's right. You recorded this a a, a while ago. I mean, that's the other thing. It was during the COVID years, though. I mean, it was during the COVID years. It's just, you know, they had to wipe something down once, but it wasn't like the protocols that we had to take on set with all these other just meat people with breath, humid breath coming out of their mouths. So uh, it was it's just a lot easier to do um, and set itself up. 
I, do I want to blame animation for COVID? I'm not going to go that far, but uh, it benefited from it. It they certainly did all. Yeah. all the all I don't the know. Vo- all the voice actors we- were like, "Problem? What's the problem?" Like <laughs> this. This is fine. I'm just going into my closet again and uh, <laughs> paid to to have some fun. That's right. Anyhow. Well, well, I I will say, uh, COVID made a lot of things, you know, like streaming services, you know, got upgraded, and so my podcast got a lot easier to record. You know, the, oh, the we like that when, when you and I recorded uh, the Soul of the Dragon podcast. I think you did it on a cell phone, like with an antenna sticking out a window. Yeah, I mean, I am on a cell phone inside of an Audi, so I don't know how much my life is upgraded. Uh, as far as, as far as uh, uh, don't forget, podcasting. the Hall of Justice podcast is brought to you by Audi. Someone just I've mentioned Audi now twice. Can does that count? Can I now do? Can I get an Audi? Because I pay for it like a schmo. I pay like a schmo. Um, <laughs> Talking on Zoom, and that's another service that immediately got launched into the main. Yeah, but they Anyhow. they put a lot of money into that they were making into their product. Like they upgraded everything. Like that's yeah, wonderful. It's, it's pretty look, ama- pretty amazing. We get to sit now in our respective places of comfort and make business happen. Look at us. I'm wearing a velour shirt, and I'm doing business at the very same time. And it's wonderful. People listening yeah. to a podcast love to know what the guests are wearing. They they love it. It's uh it's velveteen, though it is not velvet. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the correct word, but I did get to say velveteen. Okay. More of sports with friends in just a moment. You know, I love hosting this show, and obviously I want as many people as possible to hear every episode. I put a lot of effort into them. The reality, though, is that podcast discovery, whether you're a podcaster or a podcast listener, is hard. That's why I've partnered with the folks at Marble. M-A-R-B-Y-L. Not like marbles in your mouth like it sounds when I'm doing my podcast. Marble's AI identifies the five most interesting moments in a podcast episode and instantly transforms them into searchable, shareable clips called marbles. We've done close to 400 episodes of this show, and sometimes you want to hear about themes that we've done. You can search for hockey podcasts that we've done, football podcasts that we've done. If you want to hear about the paralysis situation with Eric Legrand or the release of Brittany Griner, we've done four separate podcasts on Brittany Griner's arrest. All the amazing coverage we did of sports and COVID. You can easily make a marble out of this. It's easy to create and share marbles from anywhere inside my episodes on the Marble app. And as a listener of Sports with Friends on Marble, I think it's cool that anyone can go in and be the first to claim something that's said on the show as their own personally created marble. You can share it on Instagram, TikTok, social media, and if you're old like me, you can even put it on Facebook. You can be the first to marbleize a moment on the show. And it helps me get discovered. If you're a podcaster, join me in marbleizing your show. Just head to marble.com. That's M-A-R-B-Y-L.com to get started. And if you're a listener that doesn't have a podcast, 
It's a great and free way to directly support Sports with Friends to get the app. Simply create and share one marble from something said on this show that you enjoyed, not something you hated. When you subscribe to my show on Marble, you'll get access to all the latest marbles as they roll out. Marble is a free app for both iOS and Android users, so head to marble.com, that's M-A-R-B-Y-L.com, or search Marble in the app or Google Play stores and change the way you listen to podcasts. Do you mind, uh, before we wrap, if I ask you a couple of quick hits about some guest spots that you did on some shows? So let's just do it. Let, I, what am I going to say? No. Well, it's a podcast, so of I can. Of course, edit, edit, some teasing. Of course, of course, on. of course. Let's um, do everything. Key and Peel. What was that? Key and Peel. Man, I've been the luckiest son of a gun. I have to say, I, I was the star of Grimm, and because the guy I played in Grimm was this cop, who monsters were happening to. Right. I I have then was called to do a key and peel to play a guy whom monsters were happening to whom to whom monsters were happening. And because of all that, then I got to play Batman too, in a kind of certain, in a similar, uh, I remember talking to you about Grimm section last time. Yep. Yeah. And like, this is, this is these two movies I've, I've, uh, voice Batman in our, uh, similar, similar moments where sort of supernatural things are happening to uh, Bruce Wayne. So I'm just the luckiest guy in the world, and Keen Peel happened to me. I didn't have to go in for it like I used to, and it was so fun and so cool. It was a long time ago now. Awesome. Those guys are geniuses. Oh, absolute, absolute geniuses. Um, yes. You are also on Grey's Anatomy. Yes, different role. A, a show that I still can't get over how yeah. long... It has been on television. They have their but, own currency now. That show is out. Pompeo I mean, and, that's yeah. that's a long time for any television show. It has been out since before. Yeah, since before I moved to LA in two thousand five. Different role made out with a guy. Uh, went for it. You got to go for it. Sure. Uh, and as you do. I remember being really nervous in my trailer. I'm like, I have to go for it. And I was like listening. I don't know what I was. I don't know what I was thinking. I was listening. But it was a, it was music. a bona fide hit by the time when you did that. It was right in the thick of it. I think it was season three. And Hell I knew yeah. I had to uh, French kiss a fellow man. And I, I'd never done that before. So I was like pumping myself up with music you would listen to if you were about to go like physically fight someone. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. I don't know what I was doing. I was young. <laughs> And uh, that was a whole other experience, but they're all fun and they're all, so you want to be an actor. <laughs> no, these stories, I, my career, stories are, are, are fantastic. And tell me uh, real quickly about the experience on your current show, A Million Little Things. Uh, the reaction is, it has been so wonderful. And the feedback that I've seen on, on social media as well, it, it's been great. Well, I think the people who like it like it, and I think the people who don't watch it should. Um, we just wrapped this <laughs> past Friday, and today is... <laughs> that was subtle. Is. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, we 
the show after five years. It was another incredible experience. Um, DJ Nash created it, created a world where he shined so many lights on so many people who needed more representation in mainstream media. And uh, I got to play a guy named Eddie Seville, recovering alcoholic, uh, became paralyzed midway through the show, suffered mentally due to that, couldn't take pills because he was an addict and he was in such pain, ended up taking pills again, felt like a victim and then overcame. And I, I tried to portray that with as much honesty and the writers did a wonderful job. We we worked alongside people who were in these situations. Anyway, it was just a, a gift to get to play that role. And so sad that it just ended. And, you know, you only get so many chunks of time in your life. This was five years. And uh, I'll miss it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, congratulations on that. I mean, you've had oh, a thank you. really long running shows. In this day and age of uh, streaming services, um, yeah. How do you feel about the idea that the the traditional network show is, you know, of, you know, 13 to 19 to 22 episodes is yeah. is going away and that everything is these it's kind of it's kind of like the BBC model where it's the these shorter run but highly six, produced ten. episodes yeah, yeah. 6, 8, 10 sometimes. Yeah. What what's your thought from a work standpoint? Um, are those harder because they're higher produced? Is it better to have more episodes? Is it, I mean, is it quantity sometimes? Well, listen, by the word, the... I, how, how does that work? <laughs> so I've never done one of the, I mean, I've been working on network TV for like 13 years straight, which has been a gift. So as far as the economics, actors get paid, you get paid by the episode. So in that way, the more the merrier if that's what you're wanting at that moment uh as far as quality of writing it, i would imagine it behooves uh, shorter kind of runs allow you more time to write these stories you can write the entire arc before you start filming network tv you're writing as the train is moving so it's a miracle that it happens every time and these writers you know suffer to get this stuff done so you know, it's depends hard what to you're keep looking arcs for. going. I mean, we, we had uh, Eric Wallace on. Uh, there you go. The uh, showrunner of The Flash. And he said that's the greatest oh, yeah, challenge yeah. is they come yeah, up yeah. with an arc and then they have to stretch it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, they have the benefit of uh, a canon, I think. Of, of well, they have a, Yeah, they have comic books, right. Yeah, and I mean, that helps you as much as it can help you. But then you renew it again. And then so-and-so, you know, they... they they have to be nimble and uh, writing seems difficult is what I'll say. But uh, the models are continuing to change. I'm interested in seeing what is going to happen with network TV over the next few years. It holds yeah. on. They've always said it was going to go away since I've been around and it keeps happening in the same way it's been happening. So who knows? Right. The whole thing is yeah. fascinating. Back to Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. Uh is this for a diehard Batman fan? Is this for a casual Batman fan? You know, I don't necessarily think this is the guy that says Adam West is my Batman, but, um, you know, with all the different iterations of animation and live action and everything, can a casual Batman fan jump into this film? Or do you have to have, should you have read the comic book? 
I didn't read the comic book, so I don't think you need to. Okay. Uh, it's all right there. Are there casual Batman fans? I like. I I feel like Good once point. you get in, you kind of go fully in. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I have not been. A, I didn't grow up with comic books. I wasn't like a diehard anything. Um. Yeah, I think there's something for everybody there. I didn't know anything about it, and I had fun. Uh, with the story before I even heard my own voice reading the story. So I think it's for anybody. I can't imagine it isn't. What was it like seeing it? Did you see it on a big screen or did you get like a disc? No, I haven't. I they just I just received a link to the entire movie. I haven't watched it yet because I want to watch it with my wife and she just wrapped. Um, but I did get to go in. You go in like a year later and, and do some of ADR additional stuff and you're watching it. And I'm like, oh, my, this... Every time, my friend, every time, they're like, we need you to do this line again in this way. I'm like, you know what? Can we just do the whole movie again? Because like now I get it. <laughs> I want to do it again. I see all the animation. So um, did you record that in an Audi? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, we did it in a Saab. Um, um, in a Fiat Panda. Now, uh, we were... We were in Burbank, uh, California's Audi. It's somewhere in Burbank. So I see it, I'm like, oh, I want to do it all again. And that's the sensation you want because you want to do better and better and better. And uh, the spiral to keep spinning upward. <laughs> well, congratulations on the film. Congratulations on again on a million little things. Um, we'll put the link to to the movie, the movie. Uh, will have been released by the time we uh, post this podcast. Uh, so make sure you get it. It'll be out on digital. It'll be out on Blu-ray and DVD. And all the particulars will be in the show notes. Uh, David, it's a pleasure having you on this show. Uh, you don't have Great to be chatting cast. With you, again. you don't have to be cast as Batman just to come on this podcast. And oh, and I wanted to thank you. Uh, I I knew that after I press stop on the record, you're going to tell me everything that happens at the end of Superman and Lois. Thank you yes. very much. That's really, really nice of you. It's very of course kind. I will. Yes, of course. There's a man who dines with Todd Helping. <laughs> name dropping again. <laughs> David, thanks so much, man. Thank you, brother. Great chatting with you again. David Gentoli. He's <laughs> a really fun guy to talk to. I hope you can hear how much fun I have with this podcast. It is so much fun to host. It is so much fun to listen to. And it is so much fun to put together. Next week, an all-new episode. I can't say what it is. We're planning something big, but it's not confirmed. And I wish, I wish, I wish I could tell you because it's really, really cool. Uh, thanks to everybody for the support of the podcast, and we'll see you next week.